you know, tennis can take on very many shapes and forms and guises from little whip antennas that are part of your cell phone to uh, the large uh, parabolic antennas that you see as, as Callion's flagship antenna products where, where we do the deep space antennas, their 35 meter full motion tracking antennas that we use to communicate with space probes. Welcome to Startupville, the show where we discuss what it's like to build a tech startup and a startup ecosystem in a small city. I'm your producer, Ariel Delorier. Our host is Dan Gold. And today we're talking with Patrick Thera and Mike Rennie of Callion Advanced Technologies and Callion Composites. Patrick takes us back to the mid to late 60s where it all started in the Department of Physics at the University of Saskatchewan. This project branched out to become the Space Engineering Division, later known post-revenue as their own entity, SED Systems. SED Systems grew to eventually be acquired in 1990 by Callion, another Canadian firm known for space engineering, satellite exploration, defense, and aerospace technology. Patrick and his team continue to reach for the stars and grow within Callion to this day. Join us as we talk with Patrick and Mike about very large antennas and specialty composites, what the appeal is for operating out of Saskatchewan, and all things from talent and how to get involved with this exciting company if you're interested in space and engineering. Welcome to Startupville. Startupville is brought to you by Innovation Place and Martin Charlton Communications. Firstly, uh, Mike and Patrick, welcome to Startupville. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. So I moved here, I don't know, seven years ago, about seven years ago. And one of the names that really stood out to me when I was doing my research, my due diligence about moving to Saskatchewan was SED, as was. And so there's, you know, this is Startupville. This is, we talk about startups, but we also talk obviously about technology. This is such a storied organization with with a great level of success and pride uh, maybe patrick if i could start with you um the the journey of of sed to where it, where it is now and you know the losing or or the you know time to move on from sed as a name into the new entity Sure. Wow. That's a, that's a lot to cover. We could just uh, call it there for the whole question and uh, (laughs) do the whole session. I'll do up all the time, but uh, we'll try and uh, short form that a little bit. And and my history with SED has been very long. I've been with SED uh, 35 years now, I believe, almost 35 years. So um, we started off, uh, you know, in the late sixties, 1965, 67 timeframe as the, uh, as part of the Department of Physics of the University of Saskatchewan, and it was called the Space Engineering Division, hence uh, the name SED. Uh, since uh, it started, actually, the group uh, was making, um, uh, doing rocket payloads for upper atmospheric studies, uh, things like that. So very physics, engineering, physics oriented. Uh, we started making money. And so what does the university do? Spins you out, makes you your own company. And so that's when we first called ourselves SED, or SED Systems. Uh Running fast forward through the years, we've been you know part of that high tech uh, community uh, globally and uh, and locally for for all that time. You know we've gone through a variety of different phases. You know the most thing we're most noted for these days and as well back then is for uh, the space engineering and our space component of our business, satellite communications, space exploration, things like that. But we've also done a lot in electronics and manufacturing and and other areas uh, all along the way, including. Uh, agriculture technology and including defense 
and uh, now including Kalian composites or composite materials. Um, we we became we were acquired by uh, Kalian in actually 1990, uh, but we managed to hang on to our brand until more recently when uh, two things happened. One is that uh, uh, our own business unit here, Kalian Advanced Technologies, we really acquired quite a few companies, and so the name the the relevance of the brand name SED is really becoming clouded with the overall Kalian brand. So we said, okay, we're gonna absorb the, the SED brand and just become Kalian at this point in time. And, uh, and, and that's fine. That's, that's what companies do. And, uh, I don't, and, uh, that's where we go forward from. So it was only the last few years that we became known as, as Kalian, uh, even though our parent company has been around for, uh, since, you know, the eighties. And Mike on, you know, you're joining the company. I think, it would be fair and delicate for me to say maybe there's a a, a time period difference between the two of you in your joining <laughs> uh, the organization. Um, could you just tell us about a little bit about what it is you do and how you got engaged with the organization? Absolutely, yeah. I certainly don't have the same uh, the same tenure that uh, that Pat does by any means. But about uh, seven and a half years ago um, was when I joined on, and it was really to kind of kick off um, what was at the time SED Research, which is really sort of a, a research vessel and a research branch of SED Systems. And so again, with the, as Pat was noting, with the name changes, we then became Callie and Composites. But back at that point, uh, there was really a push to try to bring some some new innovation uh, in sort of a, a totally different manufacturing realm um, with the eye on how could SED systems actually manufacture their own antenna line. And so we, we really kind of, when I came on board, we, we started by looking at sort of ground zero, you know, of any material that we've got in the world, how do we want to tackle this? How do we want to go ahead and what materials do we want to use? What processes, how do we want to pursue this? And it was really through a partnership with the, the National Research Council uh, who was making some composite antennas that we were able to partner with them, uh, gain some of their tech, put our own spin on it, and then bring that back to Saskatoon and uh, and start up what is now Callian Composites. So that's kind of where I stepped in was was right at the at the forefront uh, to help develop that. Yeah, and I just want to talk uh, take a step back there too, and uh, for our listening audience, when we talk about antennas, you know, antennas can take on very many shapes and forms and guises, from little whip antennas that are part of your cell phone to uh, the large uh, parabolic antennas that you see as as Callian's flagship antenna products, where where we do the deep space antennas, they're thirty five meter full motion tracking antennas that we use to communicate with space probes. Uh, to these uh, other ones in the satellite communications realm, even though we consider them large aperture antenna, they're much smaller. Uh, the ones that uh, Kalian Composites is focused on was uh, six meter antennas, and then uh, more recently, uh, 10 meter antennas. So they're still very large, uh, stable uh, structure and uh, out of composites, but I uh, just want to make sure everybody's clear. So you see those antenna dishes that are out back uh, at uh, Kalian's uh, uh, site there at 18 innovation you see those large parabolic reflectors those are the kind of ones that we're talking about so everybody's reference point there drive by them tonight when you're off work you can you can see them we can also send you some pictures but um anyway that's that's the key one and and what we actually saw in the industry was an inflection point there was some new technology needed uh the existing technology was not going to meet the needs of the satellite communication industry and the, the reason that was the case is because 
Uh, the satellite communication industry is moving to higher and higher frequency bands in order to avoid interference from the lower frequency bands. The higher you go in frequency band, the more stable of an antenna structure you need. Uh, composites are well known, and they're used in a variety of verticals, you know, almost any vertical you can think of, to airplane wings, to, to vehicles, to, to anything like that. But they're widely known as being very um, stable, very strong structures, and very lightweight. So we saw that um, as a really good inflection point where we said, hey, we can actually put some game-changing technology into these large aperture antenna systems and own part of that market share for ourselves in conjunction with uh, Calian Composites. Uh, why that's important is because the, uh, the uh, large aperture antennas are probably the, one of the largest value items in a whole RF system or ground system that you would deliver. So owning that means we own the... Uh, all the margins, all the business uh, uh, equation that goes into the offering that you're going to make to the customer. So again, very important uh, decision point for us to, to decide to actually own that part of the vertical. And like you said, we we noticed a company called uh, DRAO in Penticton that had been working with composites and composite antenna structures in particular for quite some number of years in uh, in radio astronomy applications. And we said, hey, well, actually, we could probably use that over here, and so we could get an entry point into the marketplace very quickly by utilizing their expertise and transferring it over to us. And the, that's where Mike and, and uh, came in because, well, I'll let Mike give a bit of why composites interested him in the first place, and how uh, how the experience was uh, working with uh, with uh, DRAO and Penticton. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my interest with composites really stems back from, honestly, my, my high school days of just tinkering. I've always been a tinker, hands-on, building neat different stuff, have to have to do it myself, get really hands-on. And uh, so early on, I, I looked at, again, what are my available materials if I kind of want to make a career out of this? And I'm obviously passionate about it. And looking into composite manufacturing and composite products, um, it, really, it really struck a chord with me because there's just so many different avenues and so much growth and development and changes um, in composite manufacturing. Uh, I mean, composites and fiberglass materials have been around for, you know, years and years, used on lots of old marine. It really, a lot of it stemmed out of the marine, um, but used in aerospace for a long time. Uh, but with that, it's still quite new when you compare it to much older technologies of, you know, metal, metal forming, metal shaping, that sort of thing. And so with that newness comes a lot of innovations. So there's lots of different different means and methods to manufacturing and getting the end components that you want. So like I said, as a creator, it really greatly interested me. Um, so when the opportunity came up to kind of take, you know, go from making motorcycle parts and skateboards and that sort of thing into making some real industrial applications with it, um, it, it massively piqued my interest. And, uh, and so that's, that's really what drew me into this opportunity from the get-go. And I mean, from, from the inception of when we built that, uh, that first antenna to what we're looking at now, um, our tool set has expanded massively. We've got, you know, we've got an entire engineering department that knows how to do the engineering of composites now, along with the manufacturing. We've got a full manufacturing plant. So it's really kind of ballooned from just my, <laughs> my very young initial uh, yearning to, to make really neat stuff out of composites into a really professional and, uh, and forward-looking business. So when we worked with, with Dreo, I mean, that was a great opportunity. Um, and I highly recommend anybody to, uh, you know, look around at the National Research Councils. They've got a lot of interesting and sort of niche techs and lots of different avenues. And this this happened to be one of them. Uh, the fact that they they've been pioneering some of this composite 
um, antenna technology for a long time. So uh, myself and uh, and Justin Grine, he's our head of engineering. We we both went out there and did a, a 14 month tech transfer with them. So they were teaching us uh, really the ways of manufacturing very large and very tight tolerance components, uh, and then. For our spin on it, we had to see, you know, it's great to build a, a big 18 by 15 meter antenna, but it's a little difficult to ship that around the world. So really at the crux of it, our job was how do we chop this up in a reasonable way, but still maintain all those tolerances. So um, with that, it's seemingly simple, but there's a lot of delicate techniques um, and and tips and tricks that we've learned along the way to make us successful in doing that. And And that really has has been one of our one of our strong points is making very large and very large structures that can be segmented and broken down and reassembled to a very tight tolerance the space of you know just composites is is a fascinating one and and materials as we've gone through time and its evolution and, and the the fine tuning and and the science that comes into it and then how the science applies to the art of materials as well because lots of people forget that um you know when we think of creativity and we think of applying or solving something it's not just purely the numbers it's not just purely the data it's the arts within our creativity that enables us, that allows us to push forwards with trying things. Because otherwise, you know, sure, we would iterate, but it would be significantly slower. Um, you know, composites going back to the 1980s, 1984, McLaren, first team to use composites for um, the tub with uh, Dr. John Barnard. Um, my father back in, back in the end of the 50s into the 60s was um, actually must have been mid fifties, uh, was, um, uh, an RF engineer. And so being in London post, you know, post-war, it was, um, you know, he was working with the American military at RF Northolt and different places on, on their system. So this story has always interested me as to where it goes because of my familial links with the sector. Um, I'm really intrigued. We are in, I mean, last week it felt like minus 50. The week before it felt like minus death. It was, it was, it was tough here. Don't, you know, there's no two ways around this. Um, you know, from, from, SED's previous owners fleet to uh, Callions by buying the organization to to where it is now and and you know the relevance of the name and how it comes to be today I think I uh, I don't know if I was at it was you Patrick but I was at the Saskatoon club when I first joined this company and I first arrived in Saskatoon and I was at a presentation from someone from from the organization and it was fascinating it's like this is in Saskatchewan, like you know, you know whether it were whether it's Callium, whether it was the pe- previous people. It's like, why wouldn't you move it to a big city? So explain to me. I look. We all know the the appeal, and here on Startup, we talk about why this is such an important center, and we and we champion it. But from a Callium perspective, from someone who's also been with the organization. For more than a minute, um, uh, why has it proved to be that here is so successful a base for this organisation, and not just that, that there's the opportunity to grow and add divisions? Mm-hmm. 
Um, wow, that's that's an amazing question, and I get asked that, uh, especially this time of year, a lot. <laughs> the, uh, not so much in the summertime, uh, but but you know, and and we all really love the work life balance we have here, right? You know, being in the tech industry for as many years as I've been. Uh, now I sound old, but I'm not. Um, tech industry as long as i have the uh there, there's lots of opportunities to move around to other places other locations but you know that work-life balance and the beauty of saskatchewan and the beauty of saskatoon is just you know when you're once a prairie boy you know always a prairie boy and and you just love it you, you love it and it's hard to separate that from your soul so uh that's one key draw one key indicator why we're so comfortable here the other one is is we are uh as passionate as as yourself in terms of growing the tech industry within within Saskatchewan you know it's it's taken a slow start taken many many years because the commodity based industries really uh, outshine technology sector in Saskatchewan quite a bit or have in the past now it's totally different picture right now it's a fantastic and amazing time of growth uh, incredible with software software startups and other technology oriented startups in Saskatchewan or in Saskatoon in Regina uh, it's amazing and it's amazing to watch and it's so exciting to be a part of. And, uh, you know, we, we have uh, grown our systems, uh, enge- our engineering capability uh, to the point where we have almost 200 engineers working for us in our organization across the, div- the various divisions in different uh, market sectors. So we're really proud of the fact that we were able to grow that right in, in the heart of Saskatchewan. And, you know, Callion is a publicly traded company. It has a shareholder base. Uh, I think a lot of them really like that rich story that we bring uh, to the market space in terms of being diverse, not only in our capabilities, but in our location. Um, You know, we really want to make sure that uh, tech is represented. We really want to see technology grow, uh, the intellectual capital of Saskatchewan grow. Uh, We see that as being a huge market. And I think we're starting to just really even though it feels big right now, I think we're really at the baby steps. We're really at the beginning of the frontier here. And, uh, you know, you look at composites and some people might say, ah, oh, is that really, is that really technology? And you, you nailed it. It's, it's right. It, it is a technology. It is an art. It is, you know, at the high end of all the step skills that you can apply, uh, to, a to a particular, uh, product line that, that is, uh, that is composites. You know, uh, you talk about the different, materials that go in it the guys are always constantly coming to me like oh look at this we got some new fancy shiny cloth here that we're going to inject into this thing and and use it and it's going to have this structure that capability or this capability and and it's like uh, there it's endless in terms of the possibilities and then the shapes and then the and the how you solve a problem you know we, we we need to provide a large uh, very rigid mechanical structures uh, for our customers. They can't just be pretty. They have to be structurally intact. They have to survive massive winds. They can't expand or contract in the cold and in the and the heat and things like that. So there's a, a mountain of analysis that goes into it, and and the solving of these uh, these problems. You know, a lot of it is coming from innovation. A lot of it comes from the mind and just being able to think of this way. I'm very mechanically uninclined. Very happy to see uh, Justin and Mike as the mechanically client people. And the way they come around solving these problems is amazing. And the tools that they have to bring to bear, you know, it's come so far, you know, utilizing advanced, uh, you know, technologies like uh, machine learning and AI and things like that to help create these very interesting shapes. When you, when you think about a traditional problem and the solution they come up with is, 
you know, way off base anything I could imagine. So it is truly a, a technology-based solution. It's more what some people like the software types would call it the dirty tech because it actually involves something you can touch and feel and, and work with. But that, that, that I like, you know, you, you tell me when you go into the uh, Mercedes dealership and you look at that concept car with that shiny carbon fiber uh, hull on it and, and you realize, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And yeah. that's the kind yeah. of stuff we do, you know. So I, I so have to admit, having, having gone to Stuttgart to to Mercedes and seen an unveiling of a car, I have to say that you know when they took us on the uh, tour and they showed us, you know, having to having to, you know, there wasn't a tool to do this to make this. So our R and D department completely built the tooling to be able to make the thing, and right. and it's not just you know, hammering stuff together. It's creating the processes to then, and testing them to then make the thing that you want to then create and iterate after that. And the tooling has to evolve with that as well. I, I love this. It's such an interesting space. Okay. Uh, before time gets away from us. Just one quick one. Yeah. And just to see that evolve in Saskatchewan yes. with a couple of young Brilliant, uh, innovative guys. I was so happy to be a sponsor for this because these guys have been amazing. And we started from concrete. We Our facility started from a, an empty uh, a structure that was just had concrete in the base. And we grew this, you know, like you said, all the tooling, all the capabilities, all the quality, all the production capability. We've grown that in a matter of short matter of years to where we're at now exploring a variety of verticals, not just uh, the satellite communication industry, but uh, a wide variety of the verticals that are out there. It's, it's incredible. Now, um, publicly traded company, there are requirements and needs that a structure like that demands. Um, clearly, the opportunity that Saskatchewan brings to a publicly traded company is that the numbers on the table when you talk about buildings and expansion and talent are more reasonable than being in an overpriced center. So in terms of demonstrating to other tech firms a reason to move to Saskatchewan, to move to the prairies, this is you know, a beacon of don't overpay there. We've got high-speed digital communication and technology. We can talk to each other instantly with, you know, one of these note for people on audio holding up a cell phone there. Um, but but from the point of view, and, and Mike, I'll bring this one to you, from the point of view of growth and talent and opportunity with firms like yours uh, looking at this composite space and this these technologies how do we attract people to this if they're not already thinking about working in your field and if there are people in different locations it's very easy we can say about the quality of life we can talk about cost of living and the work-life balance but for those who are maybe coming through studying, or maybe they're looking at a changing career. We've heard of the great resignation of 2020. Is this the opportunity for them to look at something different here in Saskatoon, here in Saskatchewan, Mike? I really think it is. I really think it's, uh, there's a, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the, uh, the heritage of Saskatchewan in that we've got a lot of people here who have had to be innovative to get by. I mean, that, that's the old way of the farm, right? You had to innovate to be, you had to make the tool on the fly. You had, you had to have that creativity. And so I think for people looking to come out here, if it is to start up a company 
and they're looking for you know a good pool of labor. I mean, there's all kinds of brilliant minds here and creative hands that are just willing and, and ready to get at it. Um, and I think when you couple that with also the the large manufacturing history and bases that we have here, driven primarily by mining and by agriculture, I mean we've got we've got some world class machine shops right in Saskatoon. I have to say, for most of the products and the support hardware that we need. We rarely go outside of Saskatchewan. There's plenty of amazing machine shops and companies here that we partner with. Um, and actually, I mean, one of the one of the reasons why I'm, I'm really passionate about Saskatchewan is again, I go back to my tinkering days and I think of when I was going around to shops trying to you know find parts to make all these various you know weird and odd ideas I had. I could go to these big machine shops and they would still be willing to let me in their doors. They say, "Hey, while you're here, do you want to see see your facility?" I mean, I wasn't a big customer. I wasn't a big business, but they took the time uh, to try to help solve my problems and to listen to what I, what I, what I needed. Uh, and they, you know, they give me free samples and all sorts of stuff. So, I mean, just there, there's a whole community of helping out around here that I don't think you necessarily get everywhere else. Um, and so I think that alone, when you're trying to start a business, you need help, you need resources, you need other people you can rely on. And I think that's a huge, huge, huge opportunity of, of having business and coming out to Saskatchewan for it. On that, my boss, Paul Martin, uh, one of my bosses, he said to me when I first joined the company back in 2013, he said, if you ever get the opportunity or if you ever get invited to do a tour of someone's facility with someone who works there, always do it. Take the time, push off anything else. Take the time, get to learn their process, get to learn the organization from from within. Because for someone to take the time to invite you in, it's, it's a real relationship builder as well as a knowledge builder. So it's a case of always, always do it. Please, people, take that away. Um, okay, time is against us. Uh, I would like people to have the opportunity to connect with you both because, hey, when we communicate, we're building relationships. So, Patrick, if people wanted to find out more information about Callion and uh, get in touch with you, how could they do that? Uh, I, boy, I hope it's quite easy because uh, uh, I hope customers can find me. Uh, the uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Patrick Thera on LinkedIn. You can find me there, you know, under the Callion uh, low, um, responsibility as well. Uh, Callion.com. Go to our website. About us, uh, Mike's on there, I'm on there, uh, we're all on there, all our different areas. So definitely the old-fashioned uh, web-based way and as well LinkedIn. Yeah, I love that, the old-fashioned web-based way. How we've changed, how we've changed. Um, uh, Mike, if people want to get in touch with you directly, how could they do that? I'd say the same thing. I'd go on through the, the, main, the main website, Italian.com. Uh, I believe it's forward slash composites. It, it, there's a link on there. It's probably the best way to, to reach out. Um, or honestly, swing by, swing by our office. I guess once, once the uh, COVID, COVID yeah. hopefully can <laughs> minimize a bit, uh, I'd, I'd be more than happy to have anybody in for a shop tour. doesn't matter their background, their interest. I'm, I'm more than happy to show, show people what we've got. So we're located just kind of on the corner of... Uh, uh, of Arthur Rose and what is that street right by the, by the new bridge there. Um, yeah. so yeah, just swing by, swing by our shop. You can Google us where we do show up on Google when you, when you check in and yeah, swing by and be happy to show you guys what's going on. Mike and Patrick, thank you both so much for joining us here on Startupville. And finally, before you depart us, I would like to say I went onto your brand new website 
It's very good. Um, our marketing people will be really happy to hear that, given the hard time I give them all the time. So, so uh, <laughs> I do appreciate their help, and it's glad somebody uh, shows that the, that it's making a difference. Startupville is brought to you by Innovation Place, helping grow the tech sector in Saskatchewan, Canada, and is produced in partnership with Martin Charlton Communications at WeTellYourStories.ca. Our show is produced by me, Ariel Delorier, and our host, Dan Gold. Our theme music is from Gigi Riggs and Reactor Productions. Find out more about us and our guests at innovationplace.com slash startupville. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter at StartupvillePod. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us rise up the ranks. See you next time on Startupville.